G'day, it's Scott Poynton here and I'm with Julian Trussier, my fellow Earthworm founder. And uh, we're in Takinoa. It's a cafe, a health food cafe nonetheless, in uh, in Neon, uh, in Switzerland. Julian, how are you going, mate? I'm good. Pretty good? Doing good. Yeah. And uh, you've been telling me you've been uh, watching a very interesting documentary. Yeah, it's a documentary that came out very recently from a guy called Adam Curtis. Uh, he's, a, he's from the BBC and he does those long documentaries on different topics of society. And his latest one is called um, Hypernormalization. And in there, he's talking about how increasingly things don't seem to make much sense in our world. Um, he talks about the US election. He talks about Trump. He talks about what's happening in the Arab world and the increasing sense of chaos, basically. And what's interesting is the term hypernormalization, he, he found it in some Russian phrase coined by some Russian author back in Soviet times who wrote about how back then most people knew that the system was collapsing in the 80s and the politics knew, the people knew, everyone knew, but it's like everyone was living in, in this lie and, and no one could think about something else. They just... We used to be living in the system for the last 50, 60, 70 years. And we couldn't imagine a different future. A different, a different world. A different world. And so his, his point in his documentary is, is to talk about how we, maybe we're in a similar situation today on a global scale. With the US as you know, the, the country that's given the sort of context to the world for so long. Yeah. It's in a bit of a dark place, it seems. Yeah. And um, he, he speaks about how you, know, you have people who are trying to shake things up. There are some protests. You know, there's been uh, Occupy Wall Street. There's been Arab Springs. But he sort of talks about how these people managed to get together through the internet and were very good at organizing themselves. But then when they actually were in the street and we had power, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't have a vision. And things started to you know, fragment very quickly. They started looking for leaders. They're right? looking for leaders and they, try, they, they tried to their credit to stay very democratic. But they realized we don't really have a common vision, common view of where we're going with this. We don't know what to do with power if we have power. So in, in Egypt, for example, what happened is that then Muslim Brotherhood, who had a very clear vision, <laughs> took power. And then so people called back the military. So it failed. Yeah. You know? and, and now it's in, again, it's... It's in limbo. It's disarray. In limbo. Disarray, like like in most places in, in the region. Yep. And increasingly in our countries as well. So what was interesting is that he's sort of saying, well, we maybe we we need a new vision. We need people who can come up with an idea of what different world we can create. But it's nearly like he's asking for a new ideology. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's just a feeling I had listening to him. Something that will replace thinking we have today, liberalism, capitalism, or whatever. A new, a new ism, in fact. A new ism. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise he's, he's thinking right now is the forces of fear, and which is true, forces of fear, the forces of uh, fundamentalism. Anger. Uh, anger, um, religious fundamentalism, fascism. This will um, fill the gap. Yeah, this will fill the gap. And it's what's happening effectively, it seems, in the US, in Europe, in the Middle East. But... I, I was sort of thinking about this, and is it really a new ism that's needed? Is it per se a new vision? And based on what you know, we we sort of seen in our work and the sort of thing we believe in on how a different type of leadership can come up, 
And maybe it's not so much about describing a big vision of the future and how the world should be and a new manifesto for the world. Maybe it's about people reconnecting more fundamentally with their deeper values, with whatever you want to call it, their soul, their duck, but the wisdom they have in them. And so it's a bit counterintuitive because you feel, well, we need a new way to bring people together, you know, big society, community together. So thinking of retreating back to yourself and reflecting on your values is sort of feeling like, well, that's individual. And you're withdrawing. And you're withdrawing. But I think our point is not that, is that actually it's not retreating, it's that you act in the world and you connect with others, but based on, on a soulful relationship, on what you fundamentally believe and being true to this and, and true to deeper human values at the end of the day. It's how you behave in the world, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how you behave, how you can control your own behavior. Yeah. Because I think what we're seeing is that this idea that you can control other people's behavior yeah. is, uh, is a big fallacy. Yeah. And, uh, and the people who are trying to do that are finding they can't. Um, and so we're going to the opposite extreme where you have people just creating, seeding confusion everywhere, yeah. as, as Trump is doing. And as, in many ways, as you mentioned, I think you mentioned in the documentary that Putin does as well. Yeah. They seed confusion so people don't know what to think. Yeah. Um, so this idea that they would actually, heaven forbid, they would actually retreat to what they fundamentally believe is shocking for many people. Yeah. I think you also mentioned uh, when we were talking earlier um, that you felt that we have this past way and yet the documentary is almost looking for a new way. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is almost a third way. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't like talking about the third way. It's got political connotations. Mm. But it's almost as if this idea that you could act according to your fundamental values, mm. no one's really thought about that. Yeah, I think one of the underlying theme is that from back in the 60s, 60s, 70s, um, there's been a shift in society, in the Western world especially, where we shifted to a lot more uh, individualism and people retreating in, in the sense to their own needs and less able to commit to a group cause. He sort of talks about the civil rights movement in the U.S. as one of the last community movements um, where people basically sacrificed themselves for a cause. And his idea is that we've been, at the end of the 60s, early 70s, society has shifted to something very individual and people worrying about their, their own health, their own thoughts, and so less able to say, I'm going to commit to this cause for, for the group, for the better of society. Right. So he's saying now, and it's increasing with the internet and people living in their own bubble, we're isolated from each other and we're not ready to work with others towards a common cause. It sounds like a good thesis. It seems to be what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's what's happening. Yeah. But his response is... He seems to be saying we should go back to, we need another, you know, a new way of bringing people together. We need people to, again, sacrifice for a cause like this. Someone will come up with an idea, an ideology, or, or a vision about the world, someone or a few people. Is, is it a search for leadership? Is that what he's talking uh, yeah, about? Maybe. I mean, I don't want to speak for himself, but it, it sounds like he's, he's nearly nostalgic of this. And to a certain extent, I understand, because pure individualism is getting us nowhere and right. the trouble we have today. And, and there was a lot of movement and, and success yeah. in the 60s to, yeah. to break to break some of these old traditions yeah. by people acting as a community. So yeah. it's, it's understandable that people could be nostalgic for those times. Yeah, but at the same time, I think you recognize also that it's been liberating for people to be able to focus on their own needs and understand, you know, it, be free to think for themselves and not just follow a group or a leader. And so there's been an individual liberation. So People aren't going to go back on that, are no. they? No. They're not going to give it up. No. It's well, a, it is a great freedom yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah. 
And so when we talking about the possible third way, that's what it made me think of, is the sort of what we're seeing and thinking of is you should be thinking for yourself, but not thinking in terms of ego, what do I need for my own interest and without caring about anyone or anything around me, which actually is a lie because the ego is acting based on getting recognition from others. So in actual truth, it's not, it's not freedom. It's, it's not freedom. No. It's not freedom. But um, it's linking back and connecting back to your soul, to your, this deeper wisdom, who's then connected to the deeper wisdom of the world. Of others. And of the others. World. Exactly. And, and, and nature. And indeed. nature. It's, it's this really ancient wisdom. Yeah. It is very known in many ancient societies and traditional societies. That made me think about this, the third way. So it's not pure individualism based on ego and uh, allows, selfish needs. Which allows anger and all these yeah, things to come in yeah. when you're not getting what you need. Yeah, and you feel separated from other, so you, you're frustrated because you want the love from other. A bit like Trump, he's craving. Right. He's, he's, yeah, he's very um, he self-centered, but actually what he really wants is the love from everyone. Yeah. So he's desperate for that. So the, 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 third, this, the third way it would be to, to, to be centered around your, your soul, which is this deeper wisdom who doesn't need that sort of validation. It's linked to, to wisdom of life and the happiness of being alive and of seeing beauty and, and possibilities in others. But people, when they connect to this, they connect to others. And, it, and there's a profound link that can be created. You know, when you're connecting soul to soul, instead yeah. of ego to ego, you can create great things. Yeah, and very quickly. Yeah. But we seem to have forgotten what that means. We just don't even understand anymore. What does it what does it mean to connect to your soul or to your deeper wisdom? Okay, let's play the devil's advocate. Do you think we were talking about, you know, this nostalgia for the sixties and the community civil rights movements, for example, there. Do you think in talking about this connection to the soul and the power of it and the ancient wisdom, are we ourselves being nostalgic? I think yeah, we are. We're nostalgic because we know it's a essential part of ourselves. And it's not like we're gonna have the same world we had uh, in those days. 1200s or something. No. no. And, and I think we can live with our technology and the, the idea that we often hear that they are just tools and it's what we create of them. It's true. I, you know, I completely agree. But the problem is right now we, we don't have the wisdom to use them in a sensible way. The wisdom's there. This is the, yeah. We don't have to go out and have a new movement, in fact, do we? No, it's We just got to look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, that's the magic, isn't yeah. it? Because I think one of the things people get, oh, frustrated, oh, I can't do anything, I, you know, I'm just a small person and what can I do? Mm. And I think what we're trying to say to people is, well, connect with who you really are. It's fundamental there. belief. It's there. The wisdom yeah. and, and the solutions are actually inside you. Yeah. But you're blocking, you, you, you block it because, you're too, you know, you've got to keep your job, you've got to, you know, be able to pay your phone bill so you can look at the at the internet all the time and you know people seem to be blocked to this these fundamental these fundamental beliefs and, and, and what we were calling the soul yeah. what Michael really calls the duck as we as we talk about all the time so yeah it seems that that it's not a retreat it's a return it's a return yeah. in fact it's a return to to a place of great wisdom yeah that's what we're talking about isn't it yeah and as as you say it's there but I think we're so used to look outside. Or the answer. The leader will know. The group might know. Our education is effectively built around those ideas that someone, the teacher, knows what the truth is. You don't know. You just need to learn from that person. So that might be true from some knowledge, technical knowledge, yeah. knowing how to, to write and the wisdom and, and the knowledge of how you do the right thing, how you connect truthfully with others and the world. It's inside of us. And, and you have your own way of doing it as well. And no one can teach you that. 
And I think it's just people being confident it's there and forget about what everyone else thinks. You know, you have it in you. I think that's a good place to end our, our little chat, mate. And I think we've got to explore this further yeah. in more chats. But uh, thanks for that. And thanks for bringing us the news of the documentary. The name is Hypernormalization. Hypernormalization. So if you're you listening, you find it on YouTube. Search for that on YouTube and, and have a look. And we'd be interested in everyone's thoughts. Thanks, Julian. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.